The reading is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 14, starting to read at verse 26. The heading is Orderly Worship. What then shall we say, brothers? When you come together, everyone has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. All of these must be done for the strengthening of the church. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or three at the most, three should speak, one at a time, and some must interpret. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and God. Two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully what is said. And if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop. For you can all prophesy, prophesy in turn so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. The spirits of the prophets are subject to the control of the prophets. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. Let's pray. Oh, stay there, stay there, <laughs> microphone. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word to us. We thank you, Lord, that not only do you speak, but we are also able by your spirit to hear you. So be speaking to us today. Amen. Um, Lent is almost coming to an end. The year is going on. Uh, this week we celebrated the Annunciation of uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary, which means Christmas is only nine months away. Get your shopping in. Um, uh, but in the midst of all that, we have set aside this season of Lent uh, to study and consider prayer. And so we have looked at, over the last few weeks, different practices and different ways in which people have prayed as God's people. And one of the things, no matter what we've looked at, lament or um, silence or dwelling in what it means to have unanswered prayer, what we have, has a, have had as a baseline throughout it all is as this understanding at the end, at the, at the foundation of it, prayer is absolutely relational. It's based on a relationship. Here at the Vine... One of our favourite passages is John 15, the bit where Jesus says, I am the true vine, and we are the branches. And, uh, and, and that whole passage is about a promise and an exhortation that those who are part of the vine should dwell in him, abide with me, dwell, live with me. It's relational language. And the thing is, in and around John 15, as, John, as Jesus is talking to his friends, he also talks about it in another way. He says to them, as he is about to leave them physically, he says to them, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. I will not leave you as orphans, he says. And in John 16, he says to them, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counsellor will not come to you. 
but if I go, I will send him to you. So Jesus, who is about to go, says to his friends, abide with me, live with me as I go. This sort of doesn't make sense, right? But there's this promise that he is not leaving. He will send a counsellor, an advocate, of course, the Holy Spirit, who is to us the presence of Christ. Jesus says to his friends, lo, I am with you always. So however we pray, whether that's in companionable silence or in intercessory pleas or in some sense of posture of surrender and relinquishment, it relies on a simple fact. The Spirit of Christ is here in this room. The Lord is with us. Ponder that and everything else kind of falls into place. It also means that when we pray, if that is true, if the Counselor, the Holy Spirit is with us, then we wouldn't expect our prayers to be one direction. We expect that the Spirit of Almighty God might speak to us and that we might hear him. That is actually a part of what we believe as God's people. And it's a fact that is both awesome and provocative. It's provocative because take a listen to what that sounds like. The Almighty, the maker of the universe. He talks to me. God Almighty, the Alpha and the Omega, the King above all kings, the one who is bigger than the galaxy, he speaks to us. What an utterly mad thing to say. But that's what makes it amazing. God Almighty, maker of the universe, knows the very numbers of the hair of your head. He sees the depths of your innermost thoughts. Why wouldn't he speak to us and speak to you? And so it's this sense of God speaking and us hearing that we're going to explore and put into practice today. And by way of exploration, what I want to do is to look particularly at the practice of the early church. We see it in the book of Acts that clearly God's people are not only praying to him in some sort of new liturgical way, but they're hearing from him. You only need to look at the first church where the people, one of the first church where people were called Christians, the church in Antioch, where Barnabas hears from God and he goes and gets Saul. And in the church, as they pray together, the Lord says to the people, set apart Saul and Barnabas for the work that I have given them. The Lord says to them, reveal something that he wants them to do. And as Saul and Barnabas go off on their missionary journeys, what unfolds is a real sense in which God is leading them. Yes, sometimes through circumstances, but also through dreams and visions and insights. And as we see what this looks like in the practice of God's people, we see that it's not restricted to the big leaders, you know, the ones who like go up on a mountain and are anointed to hear from God in some way, but it's expected to be a part of the ordinary life of God's people. So Paul writes to them as, uh, the, and to the church in Corinth 
as they go about putting this into practice, and he exhorts them to do it well. Two or three prophets should speak, he says in our reading, and the others should weigh what is carefully what is said, and if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop. For you can all prophesy in turn, so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the control of the prophets, for God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. They heard from God. They heard from God in such a way that Paul had to give them a few rules to do it well. It was an ordinary part of their life. And none of this, I think, is controversial. No one, I think, is going to disagree when I say God is here with us. No one, I think, is going to disagree when we say that in the early church, they had this experience of listening and hearing God when they prayed. But I'm also aware that quite rightly, as soon as you talk about hearing from God, there is some wariness and perhaps some insecurity and anxiety that comes into the room and into our thinking. Maybe I'm wrong. I just want to talk about three of those things before we pray together. The first point of wariness is a consideration about the level of truth and authority that we give to the hearing from, hearing from God. We all know people who have said, Thus saith the Lord, and they expect it to have the same magnitude as if Elijah or Isaiah had said it. And it's often the case when we use the word prophecy or the word prophetic to attach to this sense of hearing from God. So, for instance, yesterday, some of the members of the House of Prayer community were invited to help out at the Wadsley Church uh, um, weekend away in their own church. Um, and the task of this group was to pray for people and to do so in a way that we asked the Holy Spirit to share insights and encouragement for the people we are praying for. And so as we prayed, we listened. And within the witness of our own imagination and our thoughts, there would be some sense of images or metaphors or something like a words of a song or words of scripture would spring to mind. And in, as we were listening in this way, they became words and prayers of encouragement for the person we were praying for. That's a simple, ordinary way of discerning how to encourage someone with the heart of God. And the thing is, what those times of prayer were called, they were called times of prophetic prayer, a time of speaking truth and encouragement to people. But we do have to be careful with that word, prophetic. Because when we do think about the word prophet and prophecy, we are often do get this image of an Old Testament prophet. And of course, in the Bible, and particularly in the Old Testament, a prophet was someone who was particularly anointed by God to bring the word of the Lord to God's people. And in that situation, that came with a certain gravitas, a certain inspiration, and a certain authority. So much so that when we look at those prophecies that those prophets delivered in the Old Testament, they literally make up a large part of what we call the authoritative truth, the foundation for our understanding of who God is, how the world works, and who we are in the midst of it all. This is God's truth. Are we expecting, therefore, that when we talk about hearing from God ourselves, that we expect it to be counted like that? 
And the answer to that, of course, is clearly not. Any sense of hearing from God in the here and now may be a revelation, because it is. It's a revelation of God's heart. We are getting an insight into what he is thinking and feeling. But it's not revelation with a big R that's akin to the Bible. And in fact, one of the key things we do when we have this sense that God is talking to us is we weigh it up by God's word. If the counsellor is going to give us counsel, he is not going to give it to a way which contradicts what he has said before. We will measure and weigh up what we feel God is saying to us by the truth that we know to be absolutely true, and so we measure it by the Bible. The Holy Spirit will not lead us away from Jesus. The Holy Spirit will not contradict God's revelation of himself in history. But we are expecting the Holy Spirit's counsel to point us to scriptures, to illuminate them. If Jesus could expound the scriptures on when he was walking this earth in a way that caused people's hearts to set on fire, how much more do we expect the Spirit of Christ to illuminate these words and cause our hearts to set on fire? Earlier this year, we were talking about how this is, is a story, a story in which we can inhabit, a way in which of seeing the world which is like a place to explore. When we hear from the Lord by the Holy Spirit, often he is taking us into the place and saying, have you noticed this bit? There's something here for you. And in fact, when Paul talks about people bringing a prophecy in worship like he did in our reading, I think this is primarily what he's talking about. Holy Spirit-led expositions of God's word, prophetically applied to God's people to build them up, encourage and provoke us to righteousness. This is how I explain it to some people who are concerned that our hearing from God may be countermanding the Bible. Think of any situation, any complicated situation you may be in, a, a relational situation, perhaps somebody's been hurt or somebody has done something wrong. How do we respond? Well, I can tell you the truth. I can tell you the ethics that we might apply. I might tell you what is right and wrong in that situation, and that is worth knowing. We need it. But what's the posture? What's the pastoral response? I could give you 300 different biblical options. We could rebuke somebody or comfort somebody. We could encourage someone or exhort someone. We could wrap someone up in kindness or instruct them in something they do not know. And all of those things would be biblical. But in that moment, what I need is wisdom. I need some counsel. I need some insight into the workings of people's hearts. I want to know what the Lord sees. And so there is a sense in which I'm resting on and relying on and hearing from God to give the counsel that's needed to bring life and truth as best we can. One is revelation with a big R. One is revelation with a little R. Can you see that? Our listening to God applies God's word. It doesn't countermand it. So that's the first weariness people have. The relationship between hearing from God in our prayers and what does the Bible say? Secondly, 
people have this right concern about how people have misused the concept of hearing from God to manipulate and coerce. We all know of stories, and I'm sure there's some here who have been on the receiving end of them, where people have asserted their own ego or their own brokenness and have justified it by saying, well, God told me. And we see the examples of that all the time. It's a real danger. And in my experience, there have been a few times when people have crossed that line and I have had to call them out on it. And for that, ironically, I needed the Lord to guide me (laughs) and speak to me so that I might give the best way of doing that. Paul also recognises this. In our reading, he says, the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. And, and I think he means two things about with this. I think firstly he means hearing from God is not some uncontrollable trance-like state where you get carried away and lose all reason. No, the spirit of those who are hearing from God remains under their control. Prophetic words, senses in which we have a sense of what God is saying something, are rational, explainable. They are subject to the same framework that we put on all our words and actions. Is what I'm about to share kind, loving, uplifting? Is it true? We can apply our thought and our will and bring it to virtue. And these days, of course, we know how important it is to ponder our unconscious bias and the power structures in which we operate. And so we do that with all our words and actions. We assess that. Am I truly helping here by saying or doing this or am I self-justifying in some way? And then when it comes to hearing from God's word and speaking that out, we apply the same formula so that it may be good and uplifting. So the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet themselves. The one who dares to say the Lord is saying something is not doing so out of control but secondly Paul says the spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets and that implies an accountability to others and this makes sense when Jill and I have had a sense of God's leading a sense in which we go Lord speak to us we want to know what you want us to do should we stay in this hemisphere or should we move to the other side of the world there's a sense in which you go that's a big decision And we need to be accountable to others. And so we share that with people that we trust. And we say, Lord, this is what we're feeling. This is what we think the Lord is saying. Do you agree with us? And we make ourselves accountable. And if you're doing doing the Lectio course, you can see uh, how Pete Gregg in that course talks about what the things to apply to what it means to hear from God. And he asks the ABCs, is it affirming? Is it gentle and kind and true? Is it biblical? Is it Christ-like? And by that, what means we, we hold what that sense of hearing God's word in a healthy and life-giving way. So two concerns. How does it relate to the Bible? How, does it, how do we stop it being manipulative? But thirdly, the final concern that people often have, and this is where I want to land, it's this. It's where we all say, well... This is all well and good, Will. You're talking about hearing from God. But what about me? Surely this prophecy stuff, surely this hearing from God stuff, 
is for other people. I don't hear from God like that. Is this really something that happens? And at this point, I really do want to encourage you, if it's helpful, not to get hung up on the language of prophetic. In some ways, that's just big language to describe a very simple thing, where we simply have our hearts open to being stirred by God. And we all know what that can look like. Perhaps it might be in the simplicity of our daily devotions with God's word open and something jumps out in a way that we haven't expected. Perhaps it's in an everyday moment on the tram, driving to work. We have a flash of inspiration. We all have an internal dialogue and imagination. We all have a mind's eye. Can we not trust that the counsellor of God might not offer us gentle counsel in that place and lead our thoughts and our imaginings. I know someone who said to me that they, I never hear from God, Will. But you know what? Often they would have this inclination to someone would spring to mind, just someone they knew, and they would reach out and make contact. And every time they did that, the person they phoned up would say, oh, I'm so glad you rang. They rang up an opportune moment and it was a blessing for them. Do they not hear from God? Really? They were hearing from God in the very ordinary way of someone springing to mind. It can happen in our imagining. The other week I was listening to someone's story, a simple account of who they were and what God had done in their lives. And as I was listening to their story, it moved me to tears. Unusually so. Could that not be the counsellor saying to me, Will, you need to hear this story. There's something in it for you. This is the word of the Lord for you right now. Just hearing someone's testimony. Or it could be where when, when we're reading scripture, we simply notice a word, a phrase or a passage that we haven't noticed before. It, it might warm us or it might aggravate us. It might comfort or challenge us. Might that not be the Holy Spirit prodding, urging, building, speaking? At the heart of hearing from God is simple humility. When I have this sense that I'm hearing from God, it rarely comes when I try and generate it. When I sit down and go, mm, okay God, time for a conversation, speak. It doesn't work that way. Rather, it comes when I simply make space. When I go for a walk or sit quietly, when I just am, and, where, and I might get lost in my own thoughts, I might have all this turmoil in my head, but I simply say, Lord, well, meet me here. I can't be anywhere else other than in my head, and something will happen, or it might not. It's relational. It's quiet. But it can also be deliberate. I might be praying for a person and my heart's desire is to help them to know how God sees them, to encourage them, to speak truth over them and for them. And as I'm praying, things might come to mind, a metaphor, a passage from Scripture. And as I have that in my mind, I simply ask, Lord, how does this bless them? Unpack this for me. Give me words to say. 
example of this the other day, the other, uh, there was this time when I was praying for someone and as I was praying for them, in my mind's eye, I saw a classroom. A classroom and this person was standing at the front of the classroom and the teacher was there with their test results in their hand and the person in my mind's eye was looking very crestfallen. So I'm there going, Lord, this is a weird picture in my head. What do I do with this? And as I was praying in my mind's eye, the teacher ripped that test score in half and smiled. And I found myself praying and saying to this person in front of me, I think the Lord is saying that even where others have judged you, the Lord does not. The Lord has not weighed you and found you wanting. He wants to know that he embraces you and loves you and you are not a failure in his sight. A simple word, a risky thing to put out there perhaps. But you know what? If that wasn't applicable, as someone famous once said, no one would have died. But to put it out there, if someone was wrestling with a sense of being judged, to hear that God might be saying, no, I love you, is a truth applied. Just from simply a counsel in a weird metaphor in my head. The risk is worth it. This is all we mean by hearing from God. Not some big sort of up-the-mountain trance-like vision but simply to trust that the Lord is with us and gives us counsel in our hearts and our minds. So how are we going to put this into practice? We're going to spend five to ten minutes doing this before we come to gather around the Lord's table. And this is what we're going to do. Um, two options. One is for the introverts. And for the introverts, <laughs> you can do it if you like. You don't have to be an introvert. There is up here paper and pen. One of the most sweetest prophetic people I know wishes that he had a microphone ministry and a large stage, but he finds that when the Lord speaks to him, it invariably involves him sitting in a coffee shop with a notepad, and he writes down things, and they become words of life. He just literally goes up to people and says, I think I need to give you this. Um, but it just comes from writing down. What's the Lord saying? Let me put that down. That may be how you might want to spend the next five to ten minutes Take this piece of paper and express what the Lord might be saying to you onto a piece of paper. If that's not what you'd like to do, then can I get, and I'm, I'm, let's say that that half of the room can be for that. Go towards that side. But if you would like to, and we can set aside this time also to pray together. Grab somebody, two or three, and sit for a while. And ask the Lord to share what's on their hearts. And then if you feel like you've gotten some guess at what that might be, with the other person, put that into words. It might not be a word for that person. It just might be a word with that person. So as you're sitting there, either with a piece of paper or with a friend, can I dare you to ask, Lord, speak to us. What's on your heart? What do you want to tell me about the world that's around us? How would you like to encourage this church, the community around us? And do you, or do you have something you want to say to me about this person I am with or this person I am next to? I'm not going to try and predict what might come. We're just making the space in which the counsellor may counsel us. Is that okay if we do that for five to ten minutes? Then we'll share the bread and wine together and we'll conclude our time this morning.
So I'm going to pray and then we're going to move and do this. Is that okay? And so we pray, Lord, Holy Spirit, Counselor, Advocate, be whispering into our hearts right now as we make this space for you. Surprise us with the movings in our imaginations, in the words and the things that spring to mind. Lord, give us the understanding of how you are speaking today. In Jesus' name.